One of the biggest days of my life has arrived. You are inside the man cave. We're going to tell stories from inside the man cave live on site. Episode one, the slab barbecue here in Austin, Texas, off Burnett Road at 183. But the guys who are really going to make this show to my left, Big Mike Murphy of Last Stand Hats. You need to go online to check out these hat designs. What's up, right? everybody? And then to my right, a former Aggie, a former Sam Houston State Bearcat, Coach Mo. Yes, Maurice Harris of Coach Mo's Gym off Far West and Chimney Corners. This is a big moment for you, right? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> of course, if you follow him on Instagram, what is your famous saying that you uh, have made quite viral? Wake your ass up. <laughs> We're working on Murphy's uh, tag saying, but you can see him a lot on Twitter, online, and he has one of the best hat designs. If you've not seen it, it is not only viral in Austin, Texas, you need to get your hands on one of these hats, and we will hopefully give you that opportunity to see or actually feel or wear one of these hats. So the premise why this podcast is a little different is because we're going to tell stories. It's not so much about topical uh, storylines, but we're going to have guests on. But here we're trying to introduce you to the three of us on site here, as I said, at the Slab Barbecue. Um, when you think of stories from inside the man cave, Mike, what does that mean to you? Well, Mike, I think you gotta gotta ask, like, where, where's your man cave, Sean? What would you call your man cave? You know what? In this older age of age 46, it's two places: my lazy boy in my living room with the big screen on sports, or at Occupy Left Field at Dishfog Field. Stop. What about your man cave? You know what's interesting is that cutting the grass is my therapeutic time. There's no kids around. Yeah. There's no wife telling me what to do. <laughs> it's just me, my ear pods in my ear, and I'm mowing the lawn. So it's therapeutic and you're, you're disconnecting from the world. Exactly. I got it. Just me and the grass. Yeah. What, what kind of grass? Southern lawn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, See, we've got that Bermuda over at our house right now, so mine is not there. So I got kicked out of my house. I've got a 75-inch TV just mounted on the wall, great for sports. My man cave is now outside underneath the patio with a 42-inch TV, and the wife is now bachelorette. That would be her bat or man cave. So we don't get a lot of sports on the inside, but my outside man cave, and then, of course, the hat room. You gotta have yeah. a hat room, man. Cave. That's where we got all our sports memorabilia. Mo, I'm sure you got memorabilia everywhere. And you got a room that's like dedicated to your to your memorabilia. At the gym, not at the house. Right. There you go. Yeah. Hey, your gym is impressive. I will say that there are photos from athletes, current, past, ones you played with, ones you have changed their bodies, physique, so to speak. Is Absolutely. that fairly accurate? Absolutely. All our high school athletes that we work with on the regular. Uh, that's one of our trophies is when they sign to go D1, we capture the T-shirt of the school that they go to, get it framed, hang it up, and it's uh, paying homage to them. And it, it is high respect, not only to Anderson High School in Northwest Hills here in, Ar in uh, Austin, almost said Arkansas. What is that? That can get me booted out of the city limits for saying that very quick. Now, I will say for Big Mike here, you're – you mentioned a hat room, but where you make your hats, that's got to be therapeutic for you as well. All those beautiful last stand hat designs that you make. You know, man, it is. It's pretty awesome. It's uh, We've created our own little last stand family, but 
that's only because of the people that purchase the hats. We just kind of know what we like and what people like. And so that's our, our little room. Now, just a little background story of me before, you know, Coach Mo jumps in on him, and I'm sure Sean will tell you as well. Uh, I'm 36 years old, been a sports jock my entire life, uh, basketball, soccer, tennis, football, all of it. Didn't go D1, uh, had some soccer scholarships, didn't pan through. So kind of uh, been needled my way around uh, the sales, uh, retail, whatnot, used to own a car lot. But now we own a hat company, so it's called Last Stand Hats, and it's, you know, mainly sports-themed. We've also got our own brand, so a lot of Texas Longhorn-themed hats. So all you hooking fans out there, let us know. Uh, that's kind of the backstory of where we come from. I've done a podcast in the past along with some of these other gentlemen who have done theirs in the past too. So uh, it's going to be a fun time. We've got a lot of people that we're going to bring on. We're going to talk. It's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of laughs. It'll be a good time. Absolutely. Now, Mo, Coach Mo. Your background, your history, because I think each of us, and thankfully, have a long resume. Absolutely. So, you know, grew up sports my entire life, Houston area, Northside. Uh, went to Nimitz High School, where there was a lot of talented athletes come out of this area. Mm -hmm. uh, played football, ran track, dabbled in a little baseball early in my life, uh, but football was king, you know, especially coming up in the, in the 90s in the Houston area. So. I had the honor of getting a scholarship. I was somewhat decent. Got a scholarship to Texas A&M, uh, where it was a lot of fun. And I realized very quickly, everyone runs a 4-3 and a 4-4 <laughs> in college. Uh, so, you know, I was a little knucklehead and kind of ran through some tight little spots with the coaches at uh, A&M. But, you know, that's a part of life. You learn and you live from it and you move on. So I ended up transferring, going to Sam Houston State, where I finished out my football career under the great coach Ron Randleman. <laughs> Eat him up, cats. We actually we beat Stephen F. Austin numerous uh, times. Yeah, we'll but talk. But we about won't talk that. about that nope. right now. Uh, but what got me into training? Because uh, now I'm a, an owner of Coach Mo's Elite Fitness here in the Austin, Texas area. Uh, was my trainer that was training me? Um, just showed me, man, just how important it is to be instrumental in people's lives. Not only mm. just voicing to them but just showing them what to do and that's what made me get into it because that guy was so instrumental in my life and making sure that I stayed on the right path uh, consistently so I was like you know what after this football thing is over with I want to get into fitness because not only can you change people's life mentally but also physically and all the kids that we see on the regular you know just being just giving them a little dose of what it was like in my life and how, you know, maybe it can change their life just a little bit, just giving them some some here and there type scenarios, it could help them also. And so what we do, man, I've been blessed to do what I do. I love what I do. It's not even a job, you yeah. know? It's just fun, day-to-day, -day, meeting people, talking to people, understand what's going on in their lives. It's just fun times, man. I love being a trainer. It's a great thing. And I've seen your work. It's impressive how these kids respond to you and these grown men that come in. And, you know, I, honestly, I'm not just saying this. Uh, these two have grown into friends of mine. First of all, my name is Sean, last name Clinch. I don't think I said that at the beginning here. But uh, the reason why these two are beside me, because I have the mutual respect and admiration for what they do. As far as my story, part of the man cave story here, uh, born and raised here in Austin, 
Uh, grew up playing basketball, baseball, football, you name it. Was always outdoors. Uh, lost my father at an early age, and I, I vowed never to become who my father was, even though I, to this day I hope to make him proud and everything I do. But, you know, played football all the way through high school, summer baseball, and then I tried to walk on at Stephen F. Austin, walked right off soon thereafter. Huh. They did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my calling was uh, sports casting. And I did that for 21 years. Uh, the last two gigs were in Oklahoma City, where I was there when the Thunder arrived. And got to uh, really know Mike Gundy and Bob Stoops during that time. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder, when uh, OKC became an NBA franchise. Uh, I guess my big story when I was in OKC, after OSU in 2007, beat uh, Crabtree and, and Texas Tech. Mike Gundy walks into the post-game room, and you guys know where I'm going with this. It's the I'm a man, I'm 40 speech happened. You would have never known that they had just won a big game. So that's kind of my favorite memory of media days in OKC. And then it led me back home here in Austin to uh, K-View, and then I realized uh, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Probably wouldn't have met these two if I wouldn't have been part of it so there's a path for each of us and I still try to stay active even though I've got a dad bod these days there's I mean there's no question in that yeah, right? you're round bro round, round rotund yeah. rotund Rot oh what do you say to that <laughs> well, I don't know if he's round then I'm I'm bulimic so <laughs> that's uh you know we're gonna be doing air squats every five minutes here on the uh secrets of the man cave coach Mo's already got out a stopwatch I don't know if you were running sprints it'll be uh be a good time. Some of us might be breathing heavily. Don't worry about that. It's that, okay. That's not a, that's not just asthma. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's not allergies from uh, the Austin. It's me uh, throwing up. Exactly. <laughs> well, one thing I think we all can do, we can all agree upon, is our love for stories. Our love for stories, and that's, you know, they, they revolve. They're sports-centric, you know, and, and I can say that each of us have been blessed with the opportunity to be connected to some pretty cool people people who have accomplished probably in areas which we had hoped to, but realized our callings were different. Uh, as far as your favorite sports moment that you experienced or witnessed, that's something I think all of us can uh, probably have multiple stories, but if, for Mo, it could be from your playing days. What would it be? One in particular that stands out the most right now is when I was in high school. We was in spring ball practice one day. I was a freshman practicing with the varsity. Um, and a guy by the name of Michael Clay, grew up in the Houston area also, a linebacker. Most people probably won't remember him, but Michael Clay was probably top ranked uh, linebacker coming out of high school in 1998. Ended up signing with Missouri, went on to play, became a defensive end and whatnot. But anyways, I remember it was like fourth and goal. We were scrimmaging each other in a squad scrimmage. And I think that movie, the program, had been out already. I don't know yeah. what the exact year was. But I remember a scene and the coach said, I want to see snot bubbles come out of his nose. That's how hard I want you to hit it. So it's fourth and go, and we run a dive play, tailback dive. I hit the hole. The fullback falls down. Mike Clay right there greet me, face mask to face mask. Dude, when I told you my nose was running with snot 
everywhere. I was like, this is for real. That was not a scene in the movie. Like, that this really is real. happened. That is real. And then he got up and said, welcome to 21.5A. I was like, oh, shit. This is what it's going to be. Damn. Right Game on. <laughs> Damn. Game on. That's varsity football. Varsity football. And that was my intro into varsity football. Oh and I've never God. been hit like that again. Wow. We go ahead and follow that up. So I, growing up, I played soccer in Idaho. Originally from Boise, Idaho. And football wasn't a thing. You know, it was there. We all play. I mean, it was there was football, but it wasn't Texas football. <laughs> My senior year of high school, I moved down to Hutto, Texas. I'm 166 pounds. I played soccer year round for 14 years, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna play football. I'm gonna get in this. And they said, all right, let's see what you can do. Not very good, but I made kickoff return team, which was, I think, just a way of, hey, get on the field, bro. Like, just go up there in the front. They kicked the ball off. I'm running back, I turn around the block, and the next thing I know, I get hit so fucking hard, I fly <laughs> like 10 feet. And I'm, apparently I knock someone over, because I get up and my buddy warns up, he's like, man, you made that badass block. I'm like, yeah, man, no, he just whooped my ass. <laughs> but I'm glad I got that block for you, bro, let's go. <laughs> that was about the highlight. Now, I mean, that's something I'll never forget. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that's my, when we talk about like, First things that come when you play football. Yeah. I got lit up. Never been hit like that again. I'm also <laughs> now 270 pounds, so you got to put a little bit more oomph into that. You, but it's time for you to pay back that hit to somebody. Yeah. And you said kickoff return team. That there's a memory of mine that's similar but worse for me. Uh, senior year, Anderson High School. We're playing at um, Waco Midway High School. There's a guy. I'll never forget his name. Um, Davin Dobbs had one arm. He was a kicker. Didn't want to. I didn't want to block him. <laughs> so I, I didn't see him. I, you know how you have that peripheral and you see the person in their goal. Head on a swivel, baby. I'm, I'm going to hit this guy on the sideline. On our sideline. Next thing you know, just like that, I'm eating effing turf and dirt, and I'm getting made fun of by my own head coach. Get your ass up. You just got your ass beat by someone with one arm. The one arm <laughs> kicker took my legs out. And so you can imagine the next day, even after it was a bad loss to film day, people, I'm trying to be sensitive to others here, bumping me with their shoulder inside their shirt the next oh, day. Oh man, that's yeah. So, hey. so did they just keep rewinding? Oh yeah, it was not time? pleasant. It was not pleasant. <laughs> hey, we are 10 seconds away from our first ever break of stories from the man cave. We've got a live or a live on tape interview with the D1 basketball coach up next. Hey guys, this is Coach Mo here. If you're looking to get fined for the summertime, you need to reach out to us, www.coachmofitness.com or give us a shout, 512-954-8426. You know what? I do need abs still, so <laughs> Coach Mo, can, can you fix this? Abs still for me before the summer. Yeah, let's pray about it. <laughs> let's pray about it. Sean's been over here during the break like, man, I am a little chubby right now. What's going on? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that until we started talking and looked down, and God dang it, I can't really see past a lot of things here. <laughs> Dude, I'm in my second trimester. That's what it looks like. Good night. If you're in second, I'm about to get burned. <laughs> hey, I don't even know how to segue to this. As we look up here at uh, Slab Barbecue, Mike Leach waving a cowbell at Mississippi what do, State. What do you, before we jump into that, what do you think about that? What do you think? Do you think he's going to be successful? 
and, and I do. Mississippi State? I think it will. Anywhere yeah. he goes, man, he finds a way to win. Every school he's been to, he's found a way to win. I, I follow that guy just for his tweets and his memes. Beautiful. He's a, he's a little crazy. Now, as long as he doesn't put anybody in the closet over in Mississippi <laughs> State, I don't know how that's going to go over. But, I mean, man, the Bulldogs down there. But I think they'll be all right. I think I think maybe, what, seven, eight wins? Seven, eight a year in the in the SEC? You, gotta, you get four automatically with all the cupcakes they get in the SEC. That's a given most of the Non-conference. time. Non-conference. Non-conference. But I bet he gets four or five, maybe an eight, nine-win season. I think yeah. that'll be pretty solid, yeah? Yeah. I, I think he'll. I think honestly, there's going. He's going to have once every three or four pop in and get nine, ten. I bet. Probably not next year. Maybe the year after, he'll sneak into that ten win column. Yeah. Ten. You, you think? You think year two? Year two or year three? I bet year three. Yeah, I can see that. See, my whole deal on that is this is going to change the landscape because the passing, that spread. I mean, I know Alabama has evolved to it, but this is going to be the end of uh, Saban here in the next three years Probably. in Alabama. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because he, he, he's starting to lose key members of that staff. Well, that's true, but, you know, he's the architect of yeah. putting things together. One thing I can say, I took a visit to Alabama for a coaching clinic maybe about three years ago, and... I realized immediately why that team is so successful. Saban runs a tight ship. Like, I mean, from beginning to end, from the guy running the damn balls across the field to the guy pouring the damn water, it's a regiment and everyone is on it. Is either you down with them or you not down with them? You gotta think too, like, how many of his assistants have beaten him? Not a lot, right? It's zero, right? Not a lot of assistants have beaten him. So everybody wants to go and get on that Nick Saban train. It's kind of like Belichick, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants a Belichick coach. Yeah. But look at look at what happened. Josh McDaniels had to go back. Yeah. Charlie Weiss really had, didn't do anything. Uh, Romeo Cornell didn't do much. Pat, Matt Patricia has got like the fourth overall pick mm-hmm. or third overall pick. Not well. I mean, it's not great. So he's got a point. Like there's only one Nick Saban and I don't. I mean, he, you could, we all want him to start to like, you know, what? Off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah. Or, or start to, you know, have a little blunder here or there. But I, I, I'm, I'm with Mo. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime uh, soon. I, I, I mean, I just, I think you, his career will not be replicated in college football. There's too much parody. But, you know, we speak of Saban in college football. But when you think of college basketball coaching greats, it's got to be Eddie Sutton. The man is 83 years old. He's been inducted to the College Basketball Hall of Fame, but the man has yet to be inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. The guy has taken multiple programs to the Final Four or to the NCAA tournament. He's been to three Final Fours, and he went. To, he coached major programs: Arkansas, Kentucky, Oklahoma State. Had one little NCAA some infractions that he was not a part of. It's proven. He's still not, but he's on the finalist list. We'll find out soon. So recently, I went down to Nacogdoches to speak to one of his uh, guy he mentored, uh, Kyle Keller, head coach of Stephen F. Austin, which is uh, the winningest Division One basketball team program in Texas over the last 15 years. And this is what uh, Kyle Keller had to say about his former mentor. 
All right, as we promised you earlier in the show, we are an interview with a, a guy who is uh, highly regarded in the mid-major as a college coaching, basketball coaching fraternity. I guess you could say the first ever guest of the stories from inside the man cave, Kyle Keller, the head basketball coach at Stephen F. Austin. When someone labels your name and saying you're the first of something, is that always a good thing? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, hopefully it was my wife maybe, but um, <laughs> besides that, I'm not really sure. I mean, it's an honor to be here with you today, Sean, and, and uh, appreciate the opportunity yeah. to visit with you. Absolutely. It's the real. Absolutely. You know, you got your story career, you know, the guys you've worked for, and namely Coach Sutton. You look at that guy. He's special to you. I mean, we all have mentors in our respected careers, but – the guy, three Final Fours, took four programs to the NCAA tournament, spent a, I guess, 16 years at Oklahoma State, played for OSU, but yet, after 806 wins, he's yet to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. Final Four weekend, we should know. I think that's when it will be revealed. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's taken so long, and is there something to be concerned about? Because he's 83 years old. Well, the, what I've come to find out, another guy I worked for, Bill Self, you yeah. know, is, is I think trying really hard. And, and someone um, who I spoke with a couple of weeks ago, Kim Mulkey, who yeah. also is a finalist, Coach Kim Mulkey, who's done phenomenal, you know, coaching the Lady Bears in, at Baylor. Um, you know, that the, there's 24 voters. And, and what I was told really off the record more than anything else is it's a lot of East Coast, it's secret ballot. And, you know, unfortunately, he had an is issue at Kentucky, uh, which he wasn't implicated in. And there's been kind of a bias since then because his record is well-deserving. And what he's done for our game of basketball, like you mentioned, 806 wins, the Final Fours, the first guy to lead four teams into the NCAA tournament, he is so deserving on his record. And what he's done for kids in our game – I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. None of us can figure it out that's ever touched him. But I, I would think people that vote on this don't know the man that who he is. So hopefully this year he won't be disappointed. You know, it's well documented. I told Mo and Mike, uh, my two co-hosts, about your story. They, they know of you. They know about you. Um, I told them the one that really tied me into you – indirectly was because of my time at OKC, six years doesn't seem like a lot, but you become a fabric and you really learn about the history of Oklahoma State basketball. Most people are aware of that tragic plane accident that you were tied to, but how Coach Sutton, how did that relationship change with him? Because you had a direct tie in family-wise to that horrible accident, how it changed you both? Well, you know, that that accident changed Oklahoma State a lot, yeah. for sure. I mean, it's uh, – you hate to say this, but, you know, our president at the time, it was probably ended his career because he cared so much about the ten families. Mm -hmm. And he did so much for those ten families and, and um, you know, ended his career. You know, not maybe at that day, but just trying to care for them and those people. You know, it shortened what, what, what the time that he spent in office – uh, an athletic director at the time, you know, he left and it was just so painful to so many people. Uh, age Coach Sutton, if you looked at the time of that funeral to where he was a few years later, really aged him mentally and physically. 
uh, just you can see it on his face. Um, and it was just a tragic deal. It changed the way we traveled. Um, it was just it was really painful to a lot of people. But I, I think it bonded. You know, we were talking about Oklahoma earlier, brought our community closer together and rallied everybody up. Um, you know, you hate for something like that to ever occur. But I look at this, you know, for me at least, I think I have 10 angels that help me all the time. I had one of the 10 families. I've seen numerous of, them, of those families this year, again, have come to our games and supported us, and, and I feel like that they're helping us. Um, you referenced, you know, I switched planes with my cousin who was on that team. You know, God has me here for a reason. If you're familiar with the movie We Are Marshall, I could have been that, that read that assistant coach that didn't coach anymore. It was a pretty painful time to, you know, why are we here? And, you know, you can't ask God why, so to speak. And, and uh, But I know my mission. I know why I coach. You know, I, I do know that. And, and uh, it's been fun. I've grown a lot from that. You look. You fast forwarded now after your uh, you were assistant assistant head coach at Texas A and M, and that was after you coached under Bill Self at Kansas. Your first head coaching opportunity outside of Tyler Junior College. Mm-hmm. Is. Here's Stephen F. Austin. the The bar was raised right before you know with Danny Casper and Underwood, and now you have left an imprint on this program. It's, it's gritty, that grimy defense, everything. Do you think anything from Coach Sutton that you took from him is now you can see a reflection of it on this program here at Stephen F. Austin? Well, I think the the biggest thing from Coach Sutton is trying to treat the kids the right way. I mean, I I think, you know, you can talk about X's and O's, and I think we do a lot of the same things defensively. Um, You know, you don't invent anything in our game anymore really much. (laughs) I mean – what we did, what I learned from him was what Mr. Iba did. And, you know, he played for him. And we did a lot of stuff that, that we do Iba drills in practice, you know. And, and so that's fun. We have drills we call Iba drills and, and things like that. And, and we call reference cowboy and stuff from what we did with Coach Sutton. And so, I mean, there's so many things that, that I try to instill from playing, working for Coach Sutton. But I think the way coach treated people, you know, we had our senior night a couple of weeks ago and, and, you know, coach, he'd have those senior parents over, you know, with our team. And we did the same thing with, with, with those guys. And, and those are the things I think that when you have parents involved in your program, you have a chance to have a really special program. And that's what I think more than anything else I learned from him is, is that it's not just about – the players or you and the players, it's the parents. And, and I think that's the difference in being successful. You know, lastly, uh, I don't know. Have you, has anyone ever told you, you do sound like Bill Self at some moments? You do have your Bill Self moments. There's <laughs> <laughs> some resemblance. No, but I, but I, I've known Coach Self since yeah. I was, you know, 20 years old. You know, when I, when I got hurt playing and ended up going to Oklahoma State and, um, you know, I actually we had this funny story. We had a tornado my last year in college, and Coach was kind enough to. I, I lived with Coach for a while, and he and his wife Cindy, and we moved in. I moved in with him. He opened up his home. He was he didn't have a children at that time, and but I mean that's the kind of dude he is. And I lived with him and his wife for a few months because my apartment got demolished by a tornado. God. 
But that's the kind of dude he is. And, and so he opened up his house. I didn't have anything. I lost everything when I was in college. And so I lived with him and his wife, Cindy, for, you know, a few months, three or four months. And, and so I, I, you know, what, what do you have in college? You know, and, and it was right there towards the end of school. And, and all my boys had gone home and no, there was no place to go. And coach just said, hey, come live with us. And, and so I did. But, um, God, that was, you know, 30 years ago. And, but I don't know. I mean, I think that, that people you – I hope not. I hope I'm myself. But I think that <laughs> – People that you really look up to or whatever, you try to you try to be like them, the, the, the mentors and role models. And, and um, like you were talking about Coach Sutton, I think Coach Self's really rubbed off on me. Another guy who people rarely mention that I work for, who I learned a lot, is, is Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. Used to be at Oklahoma State. Yeah, who's the guy I worked for first. You know, the guys I've worked for, Sean, this is an incredible number. The guys I've worked for have won over 2,400 college basketball oh, games. Wow. Wow. And, and, I mean, I ain't the smartest cat in the world, <laughs> but I've learned a lot. I've worked for great leaders. And I challenge anybody that's worked for more, have won more games than I've worked for, you know. And if I just fell asleep, I think my team should win a few games just by osmosis, you know. Because <laughs> exactly. them dudes know how to win basketball games. And... So they, they, you know, they just do it the right way, and I think that the characteristic they all, those four guys have with Coach Hamilton, Coach Kennedy, and um, Coach Sutton, and Coach Coach Self is that they're as stubborn, you know, on the first day as they are on the last day of practice. And I think if you asked our guys here, they'd tell you I'm as big a jerk on the last day of practice <laughs> as I am on the first day, and, and you know kicking them out and all that kind of stuff. And I think that one thing also, Kevon Harris, I coach him as harder than I coach anybody else on our team. And I think if you can coach your best player the hardest, then you have the respect of, of everybody else on your team. I respect that. And, you know, if, for people listening who are not aware who Kevon Harris is, just Google him. You will know him. He'll be in the NBA or overseas. He will be. He will. His first job will be playing professional basketball 100%. somewhere. Some got invited to Portsmouth, you know, which I think maybe him and Walk Up are the only kids that have ever been invited to Portsmouth from here, uh, which is an NBA combine and and um, which is a big deal. You know, that doesn't happen very often. As Stephen F. Austin, all-time leading scorer here. I mean, he's a heck of a basketball player. Yeah, he is good man and. And lastly, I didn't even have to ask you to tell you have a story in the man cave because you just you I think you gave us like six, but I will add two more tidbits here about Coach Keller. Your son uh, Kemper, named after the former Kemper Arena, yeah, in Kansas City, right? And you played baseball, yeah, at Oklahoma State. Well, you know, can't let me hit on Kemper, and I know we got to go, but yeah. but my wife really named my son. She loves sports, Chauncey, and she loves it. And, and everybody in my family, all the lineage, everybody, I'm named Kyle. Everybody's kind of down through us uh, with K's, and my daughter's named Kensington. We call her Kenzie. But when we find out we're having a boy, my wife and I met in Kansas City in the NCAA tournament wow. many years ago. She said there's only one name, and that's Kemper after the illustrious Kemper Arena. So – she didn't have a choice, you know. He didn't have a choice, <laughs> and not many K's in, our, in, in with with that kind of background. So he didn't have a choice to try to hoop a little bit. <laughs> Coach, I appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Man. Appreciate being here.
What's up, guys? This is Mike from Last Stand Hats. Just wanted to go ahead and give out a code. If you're listening to this podcast, use code MANCAVE and get 20% off your entire order. Again, that's laststandhats.com. Check us out. If you see something you like, let us know. Again, laststandhats.com. Use code MANCAVE. You know, and sadly, uh, Mike, I've got to admit to you, I only have two Last Stand Hats, so my goal is to double that before football. I mean, double it every month before football season. I was going to say, one, I can give you a, a code, Man Cave. <laughs> or two, I know a guy. This guy's name's Mo. He's the number one salesman. I'm just kidding, Mo. That's a joke. <laughs> hey, these hats are legit. I'm not just saying that because he's my buddy or we're talking business here. Business. Uh, but the interview you heard before Big Mike's award-winning promo there of his business, uh, Coach Kyle Keller, uh, fourth year at Stephen F. Austin. That, that stat that he said, of all the men he's coached under, Bill Self, Eddie Sutton, Billy Kennedy, just to name a few, 2,400 combined wins at the major college level. I mean, he could go to sleep, as he said, and win a few games. That's balling right there. That's balling. I mean, but the point is, how do you not have Eddie Sutton I mean, there's a chance at the Final Four in April, when it was revealed, on April 4th, I think it is, that he may not be named the Final Four. And the reason why I say this is not, this is something to be concerned with, Eddie Sutton's not in good health right now. Well, well, my thing is, so, are you, if he doesn't get in this year, like, is there a time frame that he can't get in? That's a great interview, by the way. Is there a time frame that he can't get in, or is it, we really want him to get in while he's, you know, still alive. I, I think you can be what posthumously. After I don't know what that means. So, posthumously. <laughs> I, I think it's not uh, all of us worked for the news, Sean. You know, I, I didn't I, graduate I, college. I, stu- <laughs> I studied the SAT once. And that's one word that I remember. Posthumously. You know. So is there a board that's over this? Is there yeah. a committee that's putting together? It's who's East, in charge of this? It's East Coast biased. And I'm not lying. I'm not saying that. I, listen, if it was a, if it was a Raleigh Massimino, the old legendary uh, Villanova coach, and he wasn't inducted or something, somebody like that, I'd still say it's East Coast biased, you know. But but, still, by, but by East Coast bias, is it like is it reporters like the MLB Hall of Fame? Like they, who who's voting them in? I, that's a good question. But I'm almost positive it's people on a board, so to speak, on the East Coast. Because it is the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. You know, I I probably need to cross-check my facts here, but a man like that, a lot of people in this region, the old-school people in this region, old-school basketball fans, because Sutton coached at Arkansas, him and the legendary, the late Abe Lemons at Texas had some heated battles at the Irwin Center when it was brand new. I mean, heated. And they were both ranked. But I don't know, you hate to see a guy like that a legend not get the opportunity to be in the big-time basketball Hall of Fame while he's still alive, for not only him, but for his family. I get that. I mean, like, I would I, – I hope he gets in. I mean, I'm not – clearly not his family, but, you know, kind of – everybody knows who Eddie Sutton is. I mean, he, if you're in college basketball, you're a fan. You know you know the stories. You've seen some of the teams. And you can see kind of the trickle-down effect of what we were talking about Saban and – some of his coaches that really haven't performed. Some of his co- Sutton's coaches have performed. Yeah. You know, look at Stephen F. Austin. Went in and beat Duke this yeah. year. Solid win. Yeah. And they're going to, what, they won their tournament. They're in the tournament. 
No, they won the regular season, and you know when you when you listen to this podcast, they may or may not have won their conference tournament. But uh, they're two at this as of this day of this recording right now. Stephen F needs two wins in their conference tournament, Southland Conference tournament in Katy, uh, which is this week, the week of uh, the eighth, ninth, tenth. So that's what week we're in right now when we're recording this podcast. But Stephen F has a long list of uh, Power Five wins. It's just that conference is a, it's one of the lesser lower majors. Yeah, because those uh, Bearcats are in there too. They're not very good. No, they're not. I, I just saw them. They did. They were up by five, early second half. This game I went to at Nacogdoches, and Stephen F went on a 17-0 run. Just wanted to share that. So, so Stephen F played Texas State. They used to, and and they played in a couple of non-conference games. Oh, okay. They used to be in the same conference. I got you. The old Southland conference. Old Southland. Yeah. And before that, what was it before then? Do you remember? Golf something? Yeah, and football, it was Golf Star. That's right, Golf Star. And then Golf the- Star. Can we get a patch of a hat? <laughs> I feel like, one, I'm on, I feel like I'm too too young for this conversation. Golf Star. I've never, I know a lot about conferences, and I thought we were going to say like Southwest or, you know, maybe like the WAC or the, the Big Sky, but Golf has anybody heard of tweet us? Yeah. Tweet us at Secrets of the Man Cave. Have you heard of Golf Patch? <laughs> Golf Star. Go- or Golf Star. Have you heard of either one? Golf Star Conference. It sounds like a either a six pack, a beer. It does, right? Or that, a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> are those are those menthols? <laughs> hey, we we need to create that. A, a, a beer called Golf Star Beer. Golf Star Beer. I don't I really do feel like it would just be like would you have a bay? Maybe a bay. like one What's big the, star like in the middle of it. Just like shooting out. That sounds phallic. It's, there you go. We're gonna, there he goes again. There he goes, man. I don't, every day we're going to do a word of the day from Sean. That's going to be a new thing. Today, I, I don't even know. Would you say phallic? Phallic. Phallic. What is the definition of phallic? A phallic symbol. What? What is a phallic? A phallic? Symbol. But that's not the de- a- Looks like a penis. <laughs> Clearly, this is not your kid's podcast that you've already found out. <laughs> so let's... Let's talk about some, like, up-to-date stuff. That's what she said. So, coronavirus is big right now. Correct. They just can't. We're in Austin, Texas. They just canceled South by Southwest. There's games going left and right that are canceled. Heck, they just played a big-time soccer game with no fans. Yeah. No fans. Like, what what have you seen, guys? Like, Mo, what do you you see this? Like, how has it affected? Has it affected you yet? Yes, it has. Let me tell you how. When I went to Costco the other day, people were buying up shit left and right. Hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, toilet paper. Why the hell are people buying toilet paper? When they not wiping their asses before or something? What is going on? It, 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 I tell you what's amazing to me to play off of that, and I know you have something to say about this, Mike. Social media creates hysteria. It creates something, makes something feel bigger, than most, than it really is. Not saying, not taking this lightly. This is a legitimate threat. But at the same time, people lose their damn minds. Remember when Hurricane Katrina came in and then Hurricane Rita? People bought all the water. And it, 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 here across Texas, 
Here, now we got the sanitizer, the TP. Yeah, so why, why are they buying the water? Yeah. Why, why all the cases of water? Mass hysteria, guys. Like, here's the deal. Like, you got to, they're, they're going for the worst, right? They've got that, those are the people who have the bunker mentality that are scared, that don't understand what's going on. And you should be, right? This is a serious thing, like, to an extent. People have lost their lives over this, and yeah. there's no vaccine. Now, everyone's going to say, oh, well, the flu kills 50,000. That's true, it does, and that sucks every single year. But there's a cure for that, or you can at least try to get the flu shot to where you don't get it. Right. This is something new, unseen, and I think that's why there's mass hysteria. But on the other side of that coin, it's like, at, at what point do you quit going about your daily life, right? I'm still going about my daily life. You know, knock on wood, I don't, I don't get it. And hopefully I know. Well, here's the, put this perspective. You guys already alluded to soccer matches. Other big events, there's a, uh, I believe, a tennis event, a pro tennis event that's uh, not going to have fans. Now, we're talking about NBA games. NBA arenas empty. Only player personnel, coaches, and players are allowed in these locker rooms, potentially. Now, on a greater scale, can you imagine the three weeks of the NCAA tournament? Not having a fan in all those first and second round cities, then the regional sites, not having one fan in the bigger arenas. I mean, think about this. How many more upsets will there be that there's no home field anymore? So let's say, like, all these number one, number twos showing up and they're playing at 15. They don't have the, they don't have the support. It's just them versus them. They catch fire. I mean, they, you're just relying on your boys, right? Exactly. You know Mo. Exactly. Yeah. Every athlete knows there's this deal that's called the big Mo. Momentum. When it gets on your side, mm -hmm. then you can't stop it. The other team can't stop it. The chances of them stopping is limited to none. So you take one of these small schools, go up there and jump on one of those big schools, they're like, what? What the hell is going on? Right. They fans out of, don't have no fans there because it's empty. None. No momentum. None. You know, and that's something to think about. You know, and this is only, we're only scratching the surface of what this is all about and scratching the surface on episode one of Stories from the Man Cave. My boy Mo and my boy Big Mike. This has been, if this is what we had to look forward to, man, I can't wait for the next episodes. It was, this is, you know, probably our very first one. We're gonna be bluntly honest. Like we've yeah. kind of all talked and chatted and whatnot. And we, I feel like we vibe pretty well. I kind of, I think this is a good thing. I also don't think the Lakers are going to win the championship. I'm just going to no. throw that out there right now. I think LeBron's still a beast, but I think the Greek freak or even the Clippers are going to get it. I honestly don't think they're going to win. That's just my two cents, and I'm going to hand it to Mo. I'm right there with you. You know, I'm, I like LeBron. He's a phenomenal athlete. Kobe rests his, his soul. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. Um, but I'm a Michael Jordan guy. I'm a Jordan guy too, man. And... I just don't think LeBron is going to get that title in L.A., man. I really don't think he will. You know, I, I covered the NBA for six years. I saw the tail ends. I, I saw Kobe's last championship up close uh, when they played the Young Thunder, when they were just getting going. Uh, I, I do see – we see LeBron. He, he, he likes to run a marathon, if you will. You'll see his best basketball in the playoffs, but – and still, I think the Lakers are good. They just don't have that chemistry. Will they go to the Western Finals? I think so. Probably. But I, I'm, I'm going on a limb here. Small market, Milwaukee. Champions. Greek freak, baby. The Greek freak. 
They've got it. They've got a solid team, and it's built around team. I mean, you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis, <laughs> and who? Bradley. I mean, hook them, Bradley. But yeah. they got who is that? Course Caruso, your A and M boy. Yep. The number four, the flying out the gym guy. I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't know if it's going to happen. But that's something we can talk about in the next episode. Absolutely. Next episode of the Man Cave stories from. The man cave. The man cave. <laughs> Wake your ass up. Wake your ass up. See ya. Peace.